Here we go. It's another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Thank you for joining me. My name is Farzi Masugian, the host of the Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you are having a great week. And hope you guys are looking forward to the Chiefs on Friday as they visit the Atlanta Falcons for their second preseason game. We will talk about that a little bit. What to expect? What do we want to see? What are we looking for in these games? Because I know everyone says that it's just a preseason, especially when things are going wrong. But when they're positive highlights, everyone gets pretty excited for that. And I think we have to be fair on both sides. We always want to see something good out of these games, Uh, even if it's just an exhibition game. But when things don't go the way we'd like to see it go, uh fans either get upset or say it's a preseason and I you know we've got to be in the middle for that uh we can't just get excited for these games only when positive things happen and not acknowledge the negatives because all 32 teams are going through these games so we'll talk about that a little bit some injuries to talk about with the Kansas City Chiefs a lot in fact going on and a big fight that took place earlier this week that caught a lot of attention or over the weekend rather uh that was the biggest chief story at training camp in St. Joe. So we'll talk about that. Uh, This is going to be a bit of a different podcast. Uh, I did did promise an episode on Wednesday, coming out a little later in the day than expected, but nonetheless, it will be out before the game. Uh, So you guys will have plenty of time because this is, as you can tell already with the time code, uh, a much shorter podcast. So the problem is this week, uh, crazy schedule on my end. Uh, So this is on me. Didn't exactly expect this kind of a schedule. Uh, a few things did come up, uh, so we're not going to be doing the closing segments for the sake of time, uh, just so we can get this podcast out as soon as possible. Uh, so if you guys are looking forward to those closing segments, they will be back for sure on the next episode, our recap podcast, which will be out on Sunday morning. And there are a lot of things actually we do want to talk about on that episode, uh, one including a former Chiefs head coach and something he had to say, and we will discuss that on the next episode, plus much more. So if you're looking forward to the closing segments, they won't be on this episode, but they will for sure be on Sunday's episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. So stay tuned for that later in the week. And of course, we'll recap for uh, what we saw from the game between the Chiefs and the Falcons. So we'll talk about all of that on Sunday. But for this episode, as I mentioned, a few injuries to get into, uh, plus the skirmish that the Chiefs had and... Uh, one cornerback who the Kansas City Chiefs are interested in, what's going on with Bashad Breland and his whereabouts. I'll talk about that and why the Chiefs may be out of the Bashad Breland sweepstakes. Talk about all of that in just a moment. But let's first start off with some of the injury news since we've last spoke on the podcast. Uh, the biggest injury news is Eric Berry, who remained out with a sore heel, uh, actually missed the, missed the second state straight practice when it was reported that he was out with uh, a sore heel. And here's the thing, because I, I saw a tweet somewhere online that Kevin Keatsman from Sports Radio A10 referred to Eric Berry as injury prone. And a lot of people were defensive about this and said, hey, look, that's an unfair statement to make. This is a guy who had cancer in 2014. I think people are forgetting, I think one of the things that's forgotten about, and I think it's because he's had so many great seasons when he is playing, Eric Berry has missed a lot of football games in his career. 
if you look at his eight-year career, he started all 16 games during his rookie season in 2010, but the following season, and this happened twice, in 2011 and in 2017, he suffered season-ending injuries in the very first game. He had that torn ACL in 2011 against the Buffalo Bills, and last season against the Patriots late in the game, uh, in which he had a big hand in that win, limiting Rob Gronkowski, as, as I'm sure you guys remember, he uh, suffered an Achilles injury, and those two injuries, both happening in week one, uh, ended his uh, season both times very early. He's and by the way, the other time he's been injured, and I, and again, I'm including uh, you know his battle against cancer uh, when it was discovered that he had Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2014. Before he had to step away from football, he did deal some with, with some injuries that year, missing five games. Uh, so if you and, and who knows if those two had a connection, I I, I don't think they did. Uh, I, I just think that was just a, a really bad year, just some bad luck for him that season with with injuries plus his uh, his health that forced him to step away from from football. But if you look at all of the games he's missed uh, in eight seasons, and again this is excluding uh, when he had to step away from uh, from football to uh, battle uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, he has missed a total of thirty six games in eight seasons. That's injury-prone, folks. That really is. And the difference is, I mean, you want to talk about the most injury-prone player in Chiefs history, at least in recent memory. I mean, look at Brody Croyle. The guy could not stay on the field to save his life. But unlike Eric Berry, I mean, he's had some... He's had one, two, three, four seasons where he's played 16 games. Okay, all right, let, let, let's throw one more in there because in 2013, he didn't play all 16 games because in week 17, Andy Reid benched all of the uh, starters in week 17 because win or lose, the Chiefs would still have a five seed that season going into the playoffs. So he's been available quite a lot for the Chiefs. And when he's been available, he's been playing great. He's gone to the Pro Bowl every single season in which he has played all 16 games. Now, how big of a deal is the sore heel? Not too much. He did miss a third straight practice on Tuesday. Very likely to miss practice on Wednesday. Uh, and Thursday is going to be a travel day for the Chiefs as they head over to Atlanta. But, you know, I, I think there is some concern with Eric Berry right now. I, at this point in his career, as far as staying healthy. Uh, certainly not with, with his playing ability. You look at everything he's accomplished. I mean, this is probably the best football player on your team. Heck, it was just a couple of seasons ago, Eric Berry was uh, tabbed as the uh, team MVP, winning the Derek Thomas Award. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, it was reported that he won unanimously as it's voted by the players on the team. He's going to turn 30 late in the season, late in December. So this is still not fair, not a young football player, but by all means, Eric Berry is not a guy who's in the waning stages of his career either. So there are some concerns with this when you hear about Eric Berry dealing with another injury, coming back from that Achilles heel. Who knows if this is connected to that at all? Uh, Probably not, but nonetheless, uh, hopefully the Chiefs trainers are doing everything they can to to take care of this because Eric Berry is certainly a player who who the Chiefs will need for 16 games. And listen, you look at the loss of Marcus Peters, they traded him away. Uh, who is going to be the guy on your team that 
gets most of the interceptions. Well, it's got to be Eric Berry. We know he's very capable of that. And, I mean, you look at 2016, he had four interceptions. Not the biggest number for an elite defensive back. Eric Berry's never been known as the guy to get a lot of interceptions. But, for whatever reason with Eric Berry, he seems to... The thing about him is, he comes through at the right moment. And again, a couple of seasons ago, what he did against the Panthers and the Falcons, uh, he single-handedly helped the Chiefs win those two football games there. And... The Chiefs need a guy like him, especially in 2017. You know you've got some very difficult teams uh, you're going up against. And what if Patrick Mahomes maybe doesn't do as well? Uh, maybe if if his progression is taking a little longer than expected. Not necessarily playing horribly, but if he's not playing at the high level that the Chiefs want him to be playing at, well, you're going to need your defense to improve and do better and maybe hold down the fort a little bit uh, against some of these high-powered offensive teams that you're going to be facing. And Eric Berry's not the only one responsible for that. You're going to need your pass rush to improve, uh, your front seven to do much better. Uh, Hopefully you can stop the run uh, with your new inside linebacking duel. A lot's got to go well for the Chiefs, and Eric Berry's absence last year certainly played a role in Kansas City not doing very well defensively. So hopefully Eric Berry, whatever this sore heel is it all about causing him to miss some some practices as well as preseason games? Uh, hey, look, I'm I'm good with that. Uh, keep in mind, Eric Berry, Justin Houston, and Marcus Peters last year didn't participate in team OTAs, and I believe the season before as well. Uh, so listen, you you know that these guys, uh, you don't need a whole lot from them in practices and preseason games. Preseason games, a guy like Eric Berry could set out all four games. Maybe not ideal. You'd like for him to kind of get acclimated and back into things, especially after missing pretty much all of last year. But at the same time, you're not going to fret if he does, especially if he's dealing with an injury. You always want to play it safe than sorry. Uh, Look at Sammy Watkins dealing with that sore hip. The Chiefs kept him out of the, the preseason game last week. So certainly a concern, but hopefully uh, Eric Berry can uh, recover and get back as soon as possible. Because if you look at some of the other injuries the Chiefs are dealing with, Leon McQuay, he returned to practice. But Dan Sorensen, since we last spoke, we learned that he is expected to miss at least the first six to eight weeks of the season with his knee injury. But Leon McQuay, a guy who... Hasn't started a whole lot in his career. He's not back in, into practicing for the Chiefs. And who knows who your starting two safeties are going to be if this sore heel is more serious than we think. Not a very fun topic to explore, but you kind of wonder if the loss of Ron Parker could maybe hurt the Chiefs if Eric Berry and Dan Sorensen are unavailable to start the season. Other Chiefs injuries... To go over earlier this week, the Chiefs confirmed that Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the offensive guard for the Chiefs, the Canadian doctor as well, has entered the NFL's concussion protocol, was not at practice at Monday, uh, and uh, still recovering from that. And listen, I remember Charlie Weiss once telling me this, uh, head injuries are are never anything you, you take lightly. If anyone's got a head injury or a, a concussion, you know you, you take your time with that and you take the time you need to recover. Uh, listen, I I mean, some players, they have a concussion, they're out for one game. Some players suffer a concussion, and they're out for four weeks, maybe a little bit longer. So, uh, you know, you, there's never a set timetable for these kinds of things. I mean, if someone suffers a torn ACL, 
a sore heel in Eric Berry's case, an Achilles injury. There are always average timetables uh, for that, return timetables, that is. But for something like this, for a concussion, you never know who comes back at what exact time. Uh, and, of course, the NFL is still looking into these uh, kinds of things. What can we do to decrease head injuries and concussions in the sport? So, hopefully, Laurent Duvernay Tardif uh, takes the time he needs and can return to practice as soon as he can. D4, this is kind of an interesting one. When it was first tweeted out by the media, what happened Sunday morning? Uh, first, it was reported that he was out of practice, or he left practice, rather. And a lot of people thought, okay... Is this another injury that D4 is dealing with? Well, it turned out that he was sick and left practice earlier this week. I believe he did practice uh, on Tuesday. So he's expected to be back. Maybe if he's still dealing with that stomach bug, whatever that was, uh, tainted hamburger that he had the night before, hopefully uh, he'll be back uh, uh, to practice as soon as possible or, or play uh, one of the preseason games. Because this, is, like I said, I think D4's, the most interesting player for the Chiefs going into 2018 because you've drafted two guys in the second round uh, each of the last two seasons. Uh, you drafted Tano Passanio in 2017 in the second round and you drafted Breland Speaks in the second round this past year. Breland Speaks has a little, little bit more attention to him than... Passanio does because this is a guy who was the first draft pick for the Chiefs in 2018. Obviously trading uh, this year's first round pick last year uh, in an attempt to get Patrick Mahomes uh, with the 10th pick overall. So it's going to be interesting to see what D4 does. Because, yeah sure, you've got Justin Houston on the other side who definitely needs to, to bounce back. And D4 needs to show that he can be in his 2016 form on a consistent level. And then you've got two guys, two very young guys, both with potential, who are sneaking up right behind you. And if things don't go D4's way early in the regular season, they're definitely going to consider that switch to either Passanio or Breland Speaks and give them an opportunity to play on the field and see where things go from there. And as we continue to discuss as to whether or not players may be available for this Friday's preseason game in Atlanta... Uh, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy said he's unsure if running back Spencer Ware will be ready uh, to play on Friday. He suffered a torn PCL in uh, a preseason game last season uh, and has only worked back into contact drills the last few days. That's from the Kansas City Star. So listen, the thing with knee injuries, and I, I've suffered a, a, a torn ACL and a torn meniscus at the same time, and had that procedure all in one, knee injuries are are, are brutal, and you guys also know I host a Cage Zone podcast covering MMA, uh, predominantly the UFC, there's a fighter on there named Tony Ferguson who was doing a, an interview on Fox, he trips over a wire cord, uh, and it's said it's due because of the fact he had sunglasses indoors, so... Take that for what you will, but but the point being is he suffered that injury, I believe, in March. Suffered a torn ACL injury, and he is supposedly medically cleared about, what, six months later? Five to six months later? I, I feel like that is extremely too soon uh, 
for a knee injury, for someone who suffered a knee injury. I remember when I suffered uh, a torn ACL, I was still able to work out a bit. Couldn't do a whole lot of running, not a lot of lower body workouts. But after the surgery, about three months in, I was able to go to the gym for the first time. And as far as being able to play sports again, I mean, that took probably closer to a year. Let me be clear, as far as working out goes, definitely could not go full speed. I was able to run and and go a little faster. I would say probably about a year and maybe a little bit longer than that. Now, also consider the fact I'm not a pro athlete like a lot of these people we're talking about here. Uh, So pro athletes, sure, they are expected to return a little sooner than the average person. And let me say this too, uh, when it comes to physical therapy and the recovery process for all of that, that is designed, that, that, that normal recovery protocol, that's designed for the laziest and least athletic person in the world. So maybe a guy like me who you know played sports a little bit growing up and works out consistently, yeah, sure, maybe I can be a little bit ahead of the curve for some of those uh, recovery programs that they create uh, at P- at PT places. But as far as athletes go, they certainly have a. I mean, they're just physically in better condition, and generally, they're always further ahead than these average programs and maybe there's something for pro athletes where they have them go through something like this and come back at a faster rate uh but we've also seen with a player like Jamal Charles who uh has taken a long time to recover from his knee injury and suffered another knee injury when he came back to play in 2016 so uh again kind of I don't want to say it's similar to concussions but a lot of times with knee injuries I mean that is uh, a, a very brutal injury to, to to deal with, especially with the recovery process, wondering uh, you know, when you can come back, when you can participate in contact drills, work out, all those kinds of things, go full speed. It's never an easy thing to deal with. So with Spencer Ware, and keep in mind, it was last year's uh, preseason game in week three. Spencer Ware was the number one running back on this football team. There was no expectation of Kareem Hunt to start against the New England Patriots and do what he did in that football game. So Spencer Ware is, a, is in a very interesting position, especially considering all of the running backs who the Chiefs have. And I heard Andy Reid uh, give an interview on SiriusXM's NFL channel, and he talked about this running back group. I, there are a lot of really good football players at that position right now. You've got Spencer, and this is behind Kareem Hunt, of course. You've got Spencer Ware, Charkandrick West. But then you've got a lot of newcomers, Damian Williams, Kerwin Williams, Darren Williams, a lot of Williams on this uh, a part of this position group, but I mean the point is all of these guys that I just mentioned, uh, those five guys, they're not roster bubble type of guys. These are not guys fighting for the fifty first or fifty second or fifty third roster spot. These are guys who can provide solid depth on all thirty two NFL teams at the running back position. So the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be letting some good running backs go. And heck, look, I think there's a possibility when they trim the roster to 53, maybe they keep six running backs, not going into week one, but they'll keep six and use one, maybe two as trade bait 
to try to get something out of those guys because, like I said, the, I mean, these are some really good football players. Guys who, for sure, all six of them will be on an NFL roster going into week one. There's just no way these guys will be free agents unless they're refusing to accept the, any contract from, from a team. These guys will all be on an NFL team going into week one. So I think the Chiefs will maybe keep six at first and try to trade one or two of them to to get some sort of a second-day draft pick, maybe or not a second-day draft pick, more so a third-day draft pick, uh, but get at least something out of them because these are some some pretty good football players when it comes to providing depth on an NFL roster. So definitely something to keep, to consider. Uh, and you look at Spencer Ware's injury. Uh, maybe this keeps him out longer than expected. And maybe you do have to have more running backs than expected. Keep Spencer Ware, uh, you know, on the IR for the time being or on the PUP until he's able to return to the team and start playing again. Going back to the safeties for just one moment, uh, Eric Murray and Armani Watts, uh, they started in the preseason opener. And they were also the first team safeties on defense for, for most of this week. And I mentioned Robert Golden as a guy. Robert Golden, as I mentioned, and I also wrote about this on Arrowhead Addict, he's got more starting experience than all of the safeties combined outside of Eric Berry and Dan Sorensen. And I exclude those guys because Eric Berry's expected to start Dan Sorensen's out for uh, at least half the season. So you look at you look at Eric Murray, or excuse me, uh, Robert Golden, this is somebody who kind of is in an interesting position here. He's not getting the first team reps, but still a lot of time left before the regular season kicks off. And, you know, again, like I said, plenty of time. But uh, Robert Golden, I think, is in an interesting position. I think he will start some games this season, maybe not in week one. My prediction is that's what happens. But the thing about that other safety position beside Eric Berry I think you're going to see a lot of different guys start at that position this season. Uh, you might see Robert Golden one game, maybe Leon McQuay uh, for, for a couple of games. Eventually, Armani Watts. A lot of people are thinking that this guy has the capability of starting this season at some point for the Chiefs. I think maybe he gets a starter or two, but next year, maybe if he progresses well as a rookie and in next year's offseason, perhaps this is a guy who could be uh, a legitimate contender to start in week one of next season. So you've got a lot of interesting guys at that position who could start in Dan Sorensen's place uh, going into week one. Uh, A couple of other stories to touch on before we sign off here. Uh, The biggest story from over the weekend was the big fight on the field with the Chiefs. And we're starting to see more and more of these uh, from uh, other NFL uh, training camps. And I'll get into that more on the uh, next episode of the podcast later this week. But uh, for the Chiefs, uh, Andrew Wiley, anyone know who he is? I mean, he's an offensive lineman, so this may be your first time hearing about him. Probably the first time we've talked about him on this podcast. He got in a pushing match with defensive end Jarvis Jenkins. And that ended with Justin Houston and Chris Jones kind of getting involved there. Uh, Look, I don't know much about Andrew Wiley. not going to pretend like I I, I know a lot about the guy. not even going to bother looking him up. But if you're going up against Jarvis Jenkins, okay, maybe you've got a chance there. But uh, when Jarvis Jenkins has his buddies, Justin Houston and Chris Jones, getting in there to to back him up, I, I think at that point you kind of lose the fight. Because uh, it doesn't seem like anyone else on the offensive side cared to uh, step in his place. But nonetheless, of course, you know if it's your own teammates, 
You got to break that up. You don't want anyone to, to, to I mean, look, pushing and shoving. Okay, I, I don't think these guys want to kill each other. Uh, but if you remember on Hard, Hard Knocks a few years ago, I can't remember uh, the guy. I think it was Cal Turley. Uh, he got into a pushing and shoving match with somebody. And then after practice, he went and hugged it out with his teammates. So look, these guys don't hate each other. I, I think maybe someone, you know, maybe held the other person, got upset about it and said, hey, look, you can't be doing that. So uh, that's probably all it really was. Not a big deal. Uh, there's no video of this because the the Chiefs and the NFL, I mean, they're not cool. Uh, they, they only allow you to film a certain portion of practice. And from that point forward... Only photographers can take still shots, cannot take any any footages. Now, again, I think it's a weird rule because a lot of these practices are open to the public. And who's to say fans cannot be doing a Facebook Live video or can't be filming things uh, from from the bleachers they're sitting in? I, I don't know. I've never agree, agreed with that rule. But anyway, my point is, uh, because of that rule, uh, there was no footage of this. Uh, only just a couple of photos from the media as well as from fans. Here's the biggest story that came out on Tuesday. The Chiefs reached out to recently released cornerback Orlando Skandrick. Uh, shortly after he was let go by the Washington Redskins, he has spent his entire career with the Dallas Cowboys. And shortly after being released by the Redskins, he is on his way to Kansas City, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. He signed a two-year deal with the Washington Redskins in the spring after being let go by Dallas. Uh, and going back to Bashad Breeland, I, I talked about him earlier on the show. Uh, he is still out there. Uh, maybe the Chiefs withdrew interest from Bashad Breeland, or they they learned something about him in which they felt the need to no longer uh, pursue him. Uh, maybe he's taking too long to make a decision, and Kansas City wants to explore another option. The latest report is that Breeland uh, visited the Miami Dolphins, and both teams have legitimate interest. And getting a deal done, so maybe that's something the Chiefs learned about before the reports came out and felt the need to go after Orlando Skandrick. A couple of things about him, he was drafted in 2008, fifth round pick out of Boise State. He was taken 143rd overall, three selections after Brandon Carr. Imagine that, Uh, the the Cowboys take Orlando Skandrick uh, after being three picks short of Brandon Carr, but Brandon Carr eventually lands and Dallas and Orlando Skandrick, who was taking three picks after the Chiefs selection of, of, of Carr, could end up in Kansas City. So we could be witnessing one of those weird swaps uh, in the NFL. So possibility we see that. So just to give you an idea where he was taken and who he was taken right after, and it was Brandon Carr, a couple of picks in 2008. Uh, in his nine-year career, and I believe I said eight years earlier, and I apologize, I meant nine years uh, but there was one season where he missed all 16 games, and I'll get to that in a moment. He played all 16 games in his first three years. Since then, he's only been available for all 16 games one other time, and that was in 2013 where uh, he played all 16, starting started in 15. He was suspended for four games in 2014 due to usage of performance-enhancing drugs, uh, PEDs that was, uh, towards ACL and MCL in training camp. In 2015, forcing him to obviously miss that entire season. He missed four games in 2016 due to hamstring strains. uh, And he also had a hand injury that forced him to miss five games in 2017. He uh, 
he picked up a uh, critical block uh, off a field goal against the Redskins, who he was briefly with, and uh, returned it for a touchdown to help the the, Redsk- uh, the Cowboys rather in that game. Uh, so, so he's got a few highlights here and there, just to give you an idea statistically how he's done in his nine-year career, playing in only eight of them, that is. Uh, 11 and a half sacks, eight interceptions, eight forced fumbles in his career. Okay, look, not the greatest player, but listen, Kansas City doesn't have a lot of good depth at this position. If you get Orlando Skandrick, what are you getting? You're getting a guy who's contributed occasionally, obviously can make some plays on special teams defense. So you've got some of those positives coming in. The negatives, well, this guy has suffered a lot of injuries in his career. Uh, Obviously in the uh, NFL uh, drug policy, so you got to make sure that he's staying out of trouble and doesn't take you know anything he's not supposed to be taking. So, so there's some positives and negatives about this pick. Again, not not an elite player by all means, and nor is Bashad Breeland. I think a lot of people are bummed out that the Chiefs haven't even signed Bashad Breeland yet. Yes, he's he's a good player, and I think he can be a solid contributor. But by all means, not a a a, uh, a big deal if the Chiefs miss out on him either. At the same time, the Chiefs need some some depth at this position. They really do. Steven Nelson, not an encouraging game uh, last week in the preseason, so uh, maybe something else comes about for the Chiefs. Maybe they get both Bashad Breland and uh, Orlando Skendrick. I think that is incredibly doubtful. I think you only can get one of those guys, but I think the Chiefs will get something out of those guys, uh, or one of those guys for sure. And get some depth on this defense uh, at that cornerback position. That is a position where you definitely need to improve the most, especially with the loss of Eric Berry. David Emerson also didn't have an encouraging debut for the Chiefs. Maybe he can do a little bit better. Uh, but that is the latest, uh, the, the biggest story and the uh, latest uh, news uh, for the Chiefs when it comes to adding a new player through free agency. And that is Orlando Skandrick. And we're still waiting on Bashad Breland, but it seems like... He may end up signing a contract with the Miami Dolphins. Now, final topic of the show. What am I looking for in the next preseason game? I mentioned this earlier. Well, look, I I, I think you've got to see some improvement defensively, especially against the run. They didn't allow a touchdown on the uh, first-team defense, so that was a good sign there. But you definitely want to see a better performance. I mentioned from David Amerson. Uh, He had the two penalties there. Uh, Not exactly sure who's going to play and and who's not, so this is always the tough part when you talk about – a preseason game uh, that, that's coming up, but I'd like to see Ragland and Hitchens play for a couple of drives. How do those two guys do as the Chiefs try to improve against the run? That was a big weakness for the first team defense in last week's preseason game, and how do they do this week in trying to stop the run against Atlanta? Now, as far as the offensive side goes, listen, I, I just want to see a better overall performance from the first team offense. I don't care if it's the running game, that does better, or the, the passing game, or both. Uh, last last week's first team offense uh, was really a hit or hit and miss. Uh, not not anything encouraging. If anything, it was more discouraging. Travis Kelsey was really the only highlight on the offensive side of the football. So hopefully, Pat Mahomes can get something going. And that third preseason game, that's always the more significant one for the starters because they play. Uh, going uh, into the second half for one drive. Uh, but hopefully they can do a little bit better because that third game right there, that'll hopefully set them up to do even better. And maybe you'll see some some highlights with Pat Mahomes 
and some of the Pro Bowlers on this team, like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Hopefully, Sammy Watkins will be available by then because you want to kind of get a feel uh, of playing with those guys in an exhibition game against uh, a, a different team other than your own teammates at practice before you start playing these games for real in September. So we'll see what happens there, but I definitely want to see some sort of improvement. I don't care if it's from Pat Mahomes or from Kareem Hunt, or from both. I just want to see uh, a a more active offense, uh, an offense that's not going to be on the field very briefly for a couple of drives. Uh, You definitely want to see these guys play a little bit longer. I I don't have to see a touchdown drive, uh, but I want to see at least a couple of first downs from this first-team offense on one of the drives and show some positive things that this that this team can do. I think it'd be a lot more encouraging if they did have a drive that ended in a touchdown. I think people will feel good about that. And maybe the concerns about Mahomes and all of the interceptions he's thrown in the, in the offseason, the uh, brief drives he had in last week's preseason game, maybe they'll all go away if he does better in this preseason game. I know we, I know we only want to talk about the positives and practices, but people, listen, people want to get excited for that, but they don't want to acknowledge the defensive, or excuse me, the, the woes uh, that turn more into defensive highlights. But listen, I think we've got to be fair uh, on these kinds of things because me personally, I don't like to get too excited even for the positive plays, and I don't get too upset for the negative plays unless they're happening consistently. That's the only time I would say maybe we got to have a serious discussion about these kinds of things, but hopefully the Chiefs can erase that and give us an encouraging sign from the first-team offense this Friday in Atlanta. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast, an abbreviated version. Big thanks to all of you guys for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Interact with me on social media, facebook.com slash Farzin Like my Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Farzin21. And email me, Farzin at Farzin If you haven't hit the subscribe button, as I mentioned, hit the share button as well and let your friends know about the Chiefs Zone podcast. Big thanks once again to you guys for listening to the podcast. We will be back on Sunday to recap the game against the Atlanta Falcons and any other news and notes as training camp in St. Joe will be wrapped up and the remainder of training camp will take place at the Chiefs practice facilities And we'll see where things go from there going into that third preseason game, the more significant preseason game. And where will we be with this team? Are we going to feel a little bit more encouraged or will we feel a little bit more discouraged from that second preseason game? Uh, they uh, They don't count, but they certainly do matter. And I'm sure we'll have a little bit more to discuss on Sunday. Talk to you then. Enjoy your weekend.